Hello, and welcome to the Selecting Your Fund Domicile, a series of podcasts that features expert law firms and A&O experts covering both offshore and onshore jurisdictions. I'm Kamar Jaffer, a funds and asset management partner based in the Middle East, and I will be moderating today's conversation. Today, our discussion will be focused on key legal and regulatory trends in the funds and asset management space in Mauritius. I'm joined by our guest speaker, Havna Ramsuran, partner at uh, BLC Robert & Associates. Havna is involved in diverse aspects of financial regulatory matters with a special focus on investment funds, capital markets regulations, and securities law. She frequently advises on the structuring and formation of funds and alternative private investment vehicles, the establishment of financial service providers and institutions, and regulatory compliance. Havna is also well honed in securities laws and capital market matters, including securities offering, listing of securities on the stock exchange of Mauritius, takeover regulation, and issuer's regulatory obligations. Thank you for joining us today. We are delighted to have you with us, Havna. Hi, Kamal. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for the opportunity to participate. So without further ado, let's kick off with our first question. Mauritius is an established fund establishment jurisdiction. What are the types of funds that you're currently seeing come to markets? Well, thank you so much again, Kamar. Um, Mauritius has, over the years, established itself as a mature international financial center with a strong regulatory framework, and this has contributed to many managers setting up their fund structures here. What we're currently seeing is many managers who are focused uh, towards Indian and Asian investments setting up, but the most popular remains uh, Africa-focused funds. Uh, which makes sense because Africa, being, uh, Mauritius being part of Africa, it, it has a strong connection and proximity with the uh, continent. In terms of the types of fund that we see, there are more closed-ended funds as opposed to open-ended funds and in the likes of private equity funds and venture capital funds. We have seen as well some interest in debt funds, uh, and in terms of sector funds, we have seen uh, funds being set up in sectors such as technology, climate, renewable energy, and healthcare. And what are the types of vehicles that are commonly used? Are there any innovative or creative structures that you've seen come to markets? Yes, uh, Mauritius has a, a wide selection of vehicles for structuring. In terms of fund vehicles, the most common ones uh, are in the form of companies and limited partnership. In terms of companies, there's a particularly protected cell companies that we see, but there is a new addition to uh, the array of companies being a variable capital company. But all in all, companies tend to be used for open-ended uh, uh, fund structures like collective investment schemes, whereas partnership, limited partnerships are used in private equity funds, venture capital funds, structuring space. This is, I would say, mostly uh, because of the flexibility that uh, the Mauritian Limited Partnership Law affords, and it is similar to other types of partnership laws in other jurisdictions, which gives comfort to investors and, and managers since they are familiar with this model. But if I can just touch upon the VCC, the Variable Capital Company, which is a recent addition uh, available in Mauritius, uh, what it offers is segregation of assets and liabilities 
through the use of cells, which is similar to a protected cell company, but with certain key differences. For example, uh, a subfund or a cell of a VCC uh, can have a legal personality and therefore can contract. And it also permits each cell in a VCC structure to hold different categories of fund licenses. For example, uh, one cell of a piece of a VCC can have uh, a CIS license as opposed to other one can be a close-ended one, which was not possible before. And we, although this is very new, but we wish, uh, we, we hope that, you know, uh, fund managers will be able to take advantage of this new addition given, especially for those that are willing and want to offer different investment strategies and return to their investors. And what are the key regulatory structuring considerations and in particular, the requirements that apply in relation to private funds? Funds in Mauritius are regulated by the Financial Services Commission, who is the regulator for the non-banking financial sector in Mauritius. When we go about to advise a client on the structuring matters in terms of regulatory framework, we, we always highlight to the client the main categories of funds that we have. There's two main types collective investment schemes, uh, as well as um, close-end funds. The key difference between these type of funds mainly is in the ability of the uh, participant to exit the fund. A collective investment scheme must allow its investor to exit at its option, whereas with a close-end fund, uh, it doesn't have that restriction and therefore is permitted to lock in uh, uh, their investors. And this is the, the kind of categorization we would expect for a VC fund or a private equity fund. So once we have established the main category of funds, we go about to assess the type of investors and type of offering that uh, the, the fund will uh, make to, just, to, to be able to determine the extent of regulation. Essentially, private funds, uh, as opposed to retail funds, will do private placements and offer their uh, shares or units or partnership interest to sophisticated investors, which will attract a lighter regulation. For example, um, they do not need to have certain prescribed content requirement in their offer documents. Also said the rules regarding investment limits, restrictions, practices do not apply to Dutch funds. The additional aspect that uh, a fund manager needs to consider is that in Mauritius, a fund must be professionally managed. So we also need to think of the fund management side. A manager in Mauritius can be uh, licensed in Mauritius, or it can also, uh, the fund can appoint a foreign manager license in another jurisdiction. There's also a third option where the, the fund is set up as a company, it can opt to be self-managed in that the board of the company acts as the manager. And last but not the least, uh, the other person that is necessary for setting up the structure would be the appointment of a, an administrator. Especially for those type of funds, uh, global business funds, those are the type of funds that uh, essentially target investments outside of Mauritius. So, the administrator would be responsible to put together the application, submit to the regulator and deal with any queries that may, uh, the regulator may have. And the regulator really focuses on the persons that manages the fund, the governance, as well as the competence of those um, uh, investment team or the persons uh, managing the fund essentially.
And um, what are the economic substance requirements that apply? Can you also describe the ecosystem? You've mentioned administrators in Mauritius. Yeah, so funds and fund managers have to ensure that their management and control is in Mauritius. And that is a requirement, especially for those that uh, those funds that have most of their investments outside of Mauritius. Some of the, the conditions the fund and the manager will need to follow include, uh, as I mentioned, a licensed administrator, but they all will also need to ensure that their board uh, have at least two Mauritian directors, where it's in concerns a limited partnership that they have at least one partner in Mauritius, as well as have a principal bank account and auditors in Mauritius. In addition, if the fund and the manager wishes to avail of certain tax exceptions, they will need to also satisfy certain conditions regarding their core income generating activities are done in Mauritius. They have a minimum expenditure uh, proportionate to their level of activities, and they also employ staff directly or indirectly to perform their core income generating activities. Just to highlight that it is not mandatory for a manager to open office or employ staff directly, but it can be indirect. For example, a manager may have recourse to uh, the administrator and delegate some of the administrative functions or such other role to the administrator so that they have a dedicated team acting for them. Perhaps I will touch upon on the uh, ecosystem uh, other than the ones I just mentioned. Uh, Mauritius has uh, put in place uh, the, a comprehensive uh, ecosystem to ensure that funds and managers are really uh, serviced properly and are able to comply with their obligations. For example, we have the presence of local and international banks in Mauritius. All the major accounting firms are present and we have a wide selection of administrators for a manager fund to choose in terms of their requirements. In added to that, Mauritius is also a well-regulated jurisdiction in the sense that it, uh, it adheres to international standards for example, the FATF in connection with anti-money laundering and terrorist financing standards and regulations. Tax matters, it is compliant with OECD's requirement and has no harmful tax uh, regime. The regulator also endeavors to enter into uh, MOUs with foreign regulators to ensure certain uh, uh, cross-border relationships. All in all, um, the, the fund industry is a dynamic one and constantly evolving so that it comes at, uh, you know, at par with the compliance, regulatory, tax and governance aspects, which, is, which uh, the, the international community requires. And um, what are the legal and regulatory developments that you're seeing on the horizon in Mauritius? We, we recently uh, uh, had some reforms in our AML-CFT laws uh, which was to comply with FATF uh, recommendations. Other than that, as I already mentioned, the VCC, which is quite a recent addition, where uh, it is one additional vehicle added in the array of, of, of vehicles available to a fund manager to set up their fund. But uh, interestingly, there is also ESG. Uh, the government has announced a framework on ESG for disclosures and risk assessment. However, we are yet to see 
uh, guidelines or that what what exactly the government and the regulator will come up with. But that will be a, a, an interesting space to watch. And um, what are the trends that you're seeing in the market itself? So, for example, in terms of uh, fund terms that are being negotiated. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say there's one particular trend that really comes out, uh, but we are seeing a rise in structures where there is a first loss element in terms of blended finance funds. It is also common for funds, especially those backed by DFIs, to have an ESG framework. And generally speaking, we have also seen a tightening of investment restrictions to which the fund and the manager have to adhere to. So more and more it's becoming, it's not really a kind of a blind uh, discretion that the manager has, but there are certain restrictions that they really need to follow. So I would say that the investment restrictions are becoming wider and wider. And what are you seeing on the fund finance side? Um, generally speaking, it's very common for funds um, to have recourse to financing. The typical ones uh, that we see are the bridge financing, the capital core facilities to assist managers to on the deal-making side as well to speed up investments, especially uh, for private equity funds. Uh, and we have also seen some NAB-based loans. From the GP side, uh, we, we do see as well uh, certain uh, financing rating to GP in terms of their liquidity needs or co-investment purposes. And uh, you mentioned an ESG framework. What are you seeing it in the market in terms of ESG and sustainable finance? Um, although our national code of uh, corporate governance does have some recommendation on the board of a company to present uh, a fair and balanced assessment of the ESG position, uh, there's no prescribed rules uh, governing that. But uh, we believe there are some in the pipeline. As I mentioned, the government has announced uh, a framework and its aim is to make Mauritius uh, a, a sustainable international financial center. But some of the work has already started in connection with sustainable finance. For example, we have seen the Bank of Mauritius and the FSC issuing guidelines on green and sustainable bonds. In the fund space, um, particularly, we ESG is definitely high on the list. In terms of uh, ESG matters, what we see really is these are pretty much driven by investors, especially for DFIs and institutional investors who, who have a prerequisite that, that, that ESG is a prerequisite for, in, for them to invest in a fund. So for the most cases uh, of private equity funds, uh, institutional investors have integrated responsible uh, investment principles into their investment approaches. I think that has led for many managers to adopt this as part of their own governance requirement and portfolio management uh, expertise. But in terms of developments in the ESG and sustainable finance space, from a legal or regulatory standpoint, we hope to see more from, 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 from the regulators in Mauritius in light of the announcements. Abena, thank you very much for participating in our series and for sharing your insights. Um, thank you to our listeners as well for tuning in. And we hope you found this useful. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you for having me, Kamari. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm.